it's really even more important now. Like people are zoomed out. They're done being in front of their screen. How are you going to make this different? And I do think people are craving experiences in their home. So the idea was a couple of days before the event, you get this box and there's like snacks in it. We created video tutorials of how to set up your space at home for the best viewing experience. Like what to tell your husband or your kids and like print a sign on the door that says mommy's working. Like these little <laughs> things that you can do essentially to protect the space, create the boundary so that you're here to do this thing and not get distracted by all the other things you could be doing at home. This is Show Your Business Who's Boss. Listen in on behind the scenes, unfiltered conversations with my favorite business owner friends who take charge and make their businesses work for them. Don't just be your own boss. Show your business who's boss. I'm Pia Silva. On today's episode, I'm speaking with the fabulous founder of the Rebel Community, badass business owner, Shannon Siriano-Greenwood. I first met Shannon when she invited me to speak at RebelCon back in 2018, and we hit it off immediately. She is a magnetic personality, which serves her well building her Rebel brand and community. And so I was really excited to have a reason to catch up with her on this podcast. Her business was predominantly offline, in-person, until COVID hit. So she has obviously had to completely transform her business in the last 12 months. So I am very curious how that's been going. We'll talk about that, as well as what it looks like to create experiences that invite people to join a community. Shannon's challenges with taking her in-person conference online and ways that she still influenced the offline experience for her participants in ways that really inspired me, and how our first jobs can heavily influence the businesses we have today, and so much more. So buckle up. Here we go. Hi, friend. How are you? It's so nice to see you. I feel like I do see you, even though I don't, because I listen to your podcast. Same here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I see you all over social. Mm -hmm. Um, Girl, how are you? I mean, (laughs) you know, I'm terrible, but I'm okay at the (laughs) same time, right? (laughs) I mean, the world is like in shambles, but then also good things are happening. So like in balance, in perspective. Um, I had to basically like redesign my entire business model last year. Remember? Yes, Remember I that? Do. Yeah. Yes, I do. You did it so elegantly. I'm glad it, it looked, looked that flawless. way to other people. My husband would not tell you that same story. <laughs> but yeah, I feel good. You know. So what was the business model before besides all in-person events, right. which are nope. fabulous and which I went to and yeah. are very stylish and elegant. I do see how that could be a challenge considering the style and elegance of the experience is a big part of your brand and that just got ripped away from you last Literally. year. Literally, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the business model was event-based, right? So we mm-hmm. had our conferences that we did twice a year and so the revenue model there was people buy tickets and sponsors. And since we'd been doing it for three years, we were like finally at a place that like Mm. sponsors were essentially covering the cost of the events. Cause like you said, they're like beautiful and like elaborate. And so we were making money finally on the tickets. And the other piece was our membership, which again was like founded on in-person events. So you pay an annual fee and you get to come to so many events a year. So literally all of that went away and we had to figure out what's the way we can deliver value and what does that look like 
now and who's gonna buy that because it's different people Mm -hmm. well it opened up your market yeah which is good and bad right i mean it's right you can say like oh well now you can sell to people all over the world and it's like yeah but when you like get really good at marketing to your region like to your place where you are and you've spent years developing relationships and referral partners and all the channels that you finally hit your stride of like all right i know what works now i've tested and learned and then you have to start all over Mm. it doesn't matter that oh well now your audience could be much bigger because you don't know how to do that (laughs) that's heartbreaking (laughs) yeah you really built your you're really micro famous I am micro-famous. Isn't that silly? I love it. But I spent a long time, right, like really investing deep in relationships in my community. And I felt really grateful that I was at a place that I could now get some of that value back from all the value I had given, right? Yeah. So, nope, just kidding. Keep it moving. uh, (laughs) So, yes, you put these amazing events on. You're famous in your area. And then you pivoted and you did it really quickly. Did you move an offline event to an online event in June? I did. (laughs) So it was supposed that was supposed to be your in-person event and you moved it online. Correct. Yeah, it was supposed to be in April, but we realized in March that it wasn't going to happen. It was the worstness. And so I'm like, okay, this is not going to happen. Let's pause. At first, we were like, we're going to pause because we don't know what's going to happen. And then it was very clear that like we weren't going to be able to just reschedule it. So I'm like, let's just do it online. And I called everybody back and I was like, hey, I know you're not doing anything. So we're going to do this thing online. And they were like, OK. Mm-hmm. OK. And how did yep. it go? I came to it. I spoke to it. It was great. I enjoyed mine. <laughs> I thought it was great. Honestly, yeah. like. Because we still were trying to be really thoughtful about the experience we were creating, right? I didn't want to just be like, okay, like we had speakers before, let's put speakers on. Like we still had like a set designer and we're really thoughtful about the program curation and how are we going to connect people and how we're going to make sure people are talking to each other and not just listening to these awesome speakers. So I was really, really proud of the pivot. Obviously, it wasn't as profitable because we had to do it so quickly and we didn't really know what it was going to take. But I'm really glad that we did it. Mm -hmm. And I'm really proud of what we produced. Because also, as you remember, because you were a speaker, this was when Black Lives Matter movement was at its like height of explosion. So what happened was we basically were like, we are going to have to turn off all our promotion because that was basically like the last two weeks that we could have been selling tickets to this thing. We knew we needed to make space for the voices that needed to be heard at the time. So we just were like, shut it off, whatever we registered, we registered. But the cool thing about it that I am still really proud of is we had to change nothing about our program because we were already addressing inequity. We were already addressing the fact that black women, particularly because our audience is majority women, that their voices are not being heard, that they're not receiving the same opportunities. And so people, the feedback that we kept getting was like, oh my gosh, how did you create such a timely event with all the things that we really needed to hear right now in this moment? And I'm thinking like, I literally put this together in January. So 
Thank you. I was grateful that we still were able to do it, right? Not just that. That just means that you were already at your core yeah. talking about these things. Correct. Which is which is great. And you also had a very diverse group of speakers. Which we always very, do. And, and a very impressive group of speakers. Well, yeah, I kind of got some like last minute heavy hitter that we would not have been able to get in person. But since things were on the Internet, they were like, yeah, I'll do. I'll, I, I'll come talk to your people. You seem yeah. cool. And I was like, great. Thanks. Who who showed up last minute? Elaine Welteroth, obviously, who is just absolutely incredible. I had read her book last year. She had been on my list of people I wanted to have speak forever and ever. Never actually thought that it would happen. Um, and last minute, she was like, yeah, I'll do it. And the more cool part about Elaine Weltraut, so for anyone who doesn't know Elaine Weltraut, she's an award-winning journalist. She is basically responsible for Teen Vogue pivoting their content to be more political and to talk more about things like race and inequity. And it's just like a really revolutionary person. She's on The View now or The Chat. I can't remember which one. Um, So she does TV. She does media. She's just this incredible person human New York Times bestselling author. Um, so we get her last minute, like through a favor of a favor of a favor. And afterwards, after she talked two things, one, everyone that was in the studio, and I use that in air quotes, because basically like the four team members in mass, like behind the scenes, when she was done talking, everyone screamed. Like they were like, they, she said, you know, we're off air. Everyone in the room screamed, but Elaine was still there, so she heard everyone scream because we were just like so blown away by her talk. And then after that, she called the friend of the friend who got her to do it and said, that was amazing. Like, I've never felt so powerful speaking. And she had a great experience being able, because we kind of just like let her say whatever she wanted to say. And in that moment, she had a lot to say. So that was cool, too, that she like came back and was like, that was awesome. So like she would like 10 out of 10 recommend RebelCon for people that like want to speak. So that's that was incredible. Awesome. Yeah. Well, can you share like what did you do to create that experience for her? Like as an example. For her, we tried to make it just like as easy as humanly possible mm-hmm. that she could just like show up and be herself and like not have to prep anything and like feel like she's not going to be censored and like this is she could literally say whatever she wanted. That was one. We this is so funny. We sent her earpods or airpods or whatever you call them because this is like the very beginning of the pandemic. Like people weren't zooming. People didn't have headphones or microphones. Like people didn't have things to like do these kinds of interviews. So we sent her those and she was like very grateful. And then the last thing was just I knew that I didn't want this to be a conversation between me and Elaine. Like in this conversation, like ain't nobody need to hear from me. So I just wanted to pick out things that I knew could get her on a rant basically. And that was the other piece of it. I knew I just wanted her to be able to talk about her magic and share what she had on her mind and not to like try to lead the interview in a specific direction. But I didn't also want to like leave her hanging and out there and feel like she has to come up with something to say. So that was, those were the two things. I love that. Get her on topics that she could rant about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's where all the passion is. When you get someone that's really good at what they do, 
don't try to talk to like don't try to talk to them just let them be their magic right like that and like if you are on a rant about marketing or branding like just stand back just stand back and like let the rant go i think that is a great um, a great words of inspiration for, for for bringing people together and, and getting people inspiring. Can you're so good at what I call it? I mostly call it like hospitality. <laughs> like yeah. I mean, it's your community building. But where did that come from? Are you just this is just natural? No, I'm weird in person. So hospitality though is a real thing. Like I grew up in the service industry, right? Like I used to manage hair salons before I owned my own business. I managed salons, which is like a very thoughtfully constructed experience. But if you've never worked in a hair salon, you may not know this. It's almost like scripted from like how you're greeted at the front to where they have you sit and wait to how you're greeted from the stylist to the consultation to them taking you back to get your hair shampooed to like the whole thing from start to finish even the closing of the sale like there's a process to that to make you feel seen like we used to have in some of our salons this like rule that like if you're a stylist, you need to be watching out for like other people's clients walking by when they're done so you can tell them that they look good. Because if like two or three people tell you you look good before you pay, you're going to mm. feel even that much better when you walk out of the salon and into the world. So I have that experience. And then after that, I worked in a restaurant. And same thing of like, like you can get a plate of food anywhere. How do I make the experience that you're going to have getting this particular plate of food that much more memorable so that you want to refer people and come back and share this experience. So that I always had in my mind, whether it was the cycling studio or these events of like, from the moment people walk in, I know I have, this is where my opportunity begins. And I will say, this has been the hardest thing for me to like figure out how to do online. Like I know how to do this in person all day, every day. There are people that magically know how to do this on the internet. And that's the piece that I'm still learning because I want to do that. I want to create the same experience, whether you're doing it virtually or in person. I think you're doing a great job of that. I mean, for your June event, I think you guys sent a gorgeous box with all kinds of goodies and like little snack pack and right right because you have in your person in person events beautiful gift bags so i guess this is what that was but it was kind of like a preparatory box it was so the idea was we wanted people to like create a space and i think it's really even more important now like people are zoomed out like they're done being in front of their screen how are you going to make this different and i do think people are creating craving experiences in their home right so the idea was a couple of days before the event, you get this box and there's like snacks in it and stuff that you can eat whenever, obviously, or you can save it for the day you're going to have this experience on the internet. We even created like video tutorials of how to set up your space at home for like the best viewing experience. And it was like in detail of like what to tell your husband or your kids and like print a sign on the door that says mommy's working or whatever. <laughs> like these little things that you can do essentially to like, protect the space, create the boundary so that you're here to do this thing and not get distracted by all the other things you could be doing at home. That is a level of thought and care that I have never seen anywhere else. 
And now it makes sense um, managing a hair salon as an experience. You know what's so funny as you were telling me? So you you were a waitress? No, I was like the marketing the... director at oh, this okay. restaurant. So you've never actually been a waitress? No, thank God. Or served food? No, I can't. Or, yeah. or well, cut hair. Or cut hair. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first job? My first job, my first ever, ever job was I worked at a hat store. This is so random to me. <laughs> how did you and how did wait? How did you get that job? So I grew up in Annapolis, Maryland, and so if you're familiar with Annapolis, it's a very tourist town. So like downtown mm-hmm. Annapolis is basically like you go, you look at the boats, and there's all these cool little shops. And so the shop on the corner is a hat store, and so like you walk by it, no matter like if you've ever been to Annapolis, you've walked by this hat store. It's called Hats in the Belfry, and so I knew I wanted a job. I didn't really want to work in the mall. I wanted something different. My mom's like, well, go look at you know the hat store, so. The thing about the hat store is, this, again, it's like same thing. It's creating this experience. You come in and like we'll help you find a hat, right? Like people don't wear hats. Like you don't know how to wear it. You don't know what size it is. Like you're on vacation, right? You're going to buy this hat because you're on vacation, not because you actually want to buy a hat, right? I have bought fancy hats on vacation. Of course. Everybody hats. does. Yeah, so, so fun. So, okay. so fun. So, <laughs> so that, I guess, is probably like the first time that I like learned this of like, you're on vacation, you're, you've got this vibe, like probably you've had a couple drinks, like especially when I work on Friday nights, I would sell so many hats. And so like people like come in, they're like, oh my God, I'm going back on this boat this afternoon. I'd be like, oh my God, well you have to get this hat. Here's this $150 Helen Kaminsky. All the ladies in Annapolis wear it. You'll blend in, you'll look like a local. And then I would sell you this really expensive hat. And it was great. <laughs> I love that okay. job so much. That's that's an amazing story. Um, and also, isn't it interesting how that how much that would shape you? I mean, it seems like it, it may have kind of shaped how you then approached each subsequent experience. I mean, no totally. wonder you're in community built experience building. Mm-hmm. My my well, my first job was a um, hostess, but very quickly went to bartender. Totally different. As much as you would think, experience, like totally different approach to experience as a bartender. No, but bartender, what a great job to like learn about sales and like customer behavior and like you have your regulars, you have, right, you have to like learn how to manage people when they get out of hand. I mean, bartending really prepares you for life. I think it does. I loved my jobs as bartending, also hated them. I mean, what a... What a crazy job, especially in New York City. Like when, crap, yeah, yeah. The bars don't close till four. I worked at an after-hours bar once that oh, opened at four. No. It opened at four on Sunday morning, but there there was like a um, pride at the end of the night by how exhausted I would be, and you know I'd like get home at seven o'clock in the morning with like wads of cash, and I just felt so good. I know, yeah. Um, Retail, you don't make that much money. So I, I'm used yeah. to being poor. Well, that's why I went straight to the bartending, because I knew. Because mm-hmm. from my hostess job, I was like looking around. Yeah. I was like, the waiters aren't making shit. It's the bartenders <laughs> that are rolling in it. Correct. But it's a different experience. And that's like the 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 funny uh, contrast is like that being my first job experience it's very much like you want to be fast like I got you know perfect pour you want to be kind of flashy like it's expensive people pay, you know and this was another thing that somebody said to me that's why I never became a waitress they were like when you're a waitress kind of everything's your fault 
<laughs> when you're the bartender, you have all the alcohol. So everyone is nice to you. Everybody wants what you have. And you got to like and you're kind of running the show because you have the drinks. But that probably influenced my business to now is what I'm saying. <laughs> and yeah, and my whole brand has kind of become like that. I'm just realizing that now. And yeah. similarly, like your experiences, like, oh, my God, your your first job experience is so influenced. Yeah. 20 years later. I think a lot of people are trying to curate experiences, especially in in courses or in group community stuff, myself included, and it does not come naturally. Um, like even thinking like, oh, I should send her AirPods. Like, that's so smart. Like, do you have like a process for that? Or are you just, you're just like, oh, this person needs AirPods. Let me. The team that worked on RebelCon when it was an in-person event, I mean, they're mm-hmm. all event planners. So they all come from that hospitality background. So it's just something that comes naturally in the thought process. Mm-hmm. I think now with things being online, it is much more, you have to really, really like be strategic about it and be really thoughtful about it. So it's not as natural but Mm -hmm. it's just as important, if not more. You just have to plan way further out. You have to plan further out? What do you mean? Yeah, I mean like thinking about, okay, we're gonna get this person and we're gonna send them a box and like where are we gonna get these boxes and who's gonna put it all together and like now we have a fulfillment project. Like whereas when everything is in person, it kind of all comes together at the last moment when we're all here together, all hands on deck, not in a like, okay, well, when is this person going to be available to go to this place and get these things and Mm. send them back? So it's just a different kind of planning. Sure. And, and did you change your offer? Because now you have like, you're building like a whole, I I don't know if this is another thing, or this is just a transformation of the first thing with this mastermind group. Like, tell me what it became. So basically we've had to just re-tier how everything was. So it used to be the conference and in-person event was like the main thing that we did. And then we also had the community, which was your membership where you got other events. And then the last little thing was this mastermind that is like a more curated opportunity for you to connect with people more deeply. So it's not like a mastermind that you think of in the entrepreneurial community where like you come in with a business challenge and we kind of have a goal that we're working towards. This is much more of like your round table for whatever you need, whether it's personal or professional. So it used to be like that kind of top down and now it's flipped the other way. So the round table, which is where we're able to connect people and really give them support is the main thing that we're doing because that's really what people really need right now. Like, especially for those that are not used to working from home and are really suffering from this like isolation, the only people they're talking to are the people that they work with. And if they're lucky, some close friends that are relationships they built before, which not everybody was good about building lots of relationships before um, we realized how important those were. So that's the main thing. We moved the membership community online. So that's kind of still going in the middle. And the conference has now become this almost extra thing. So when you're a member of the community or you're a member of one of our swell groups, you get the conference. 
as the thing you get. We're still like kind of figuring out, a, can the conference still be a funnel for us? Like, can that lead into the other things that we're offering? Or should we not use it that way and just have it as a value that we are giving to our members? That's the thing I think we're going to test this year. Mm. I've seen it both ways. Or I've seen it where the event works as both, right? It can be the bonus or at that event, you can sell them into the right program. So when we moved the first event virtual, we did it as a standalone thing. So you just could buy a ticket to this event. It didn't matter who you were. If you were a member in the community, you still had to buy it. And if you were outside the community, you had to buy it. Then when we did our virtual event in the fall, we made it only for members. So the only way you could access it was if you joined the community. But we honestly didn't see like a huge boom in membership during mm -hmm. that time. So it could be that that's not enough value to get someone to commit to doing something for a year. Or it could be that we just didn't have the marketing formula right because we had never marketed something like this before. I'm not really sure. Even after dissecting all the information, I don't know. So this year we're going to test it again and do mm -hmm. one where it's a standalone and do one where you have to join to get it and then decide how we should do it moving forward. Gotcha. And who's this team of yours? Essentially, on payroll is me. And then I am very lucky to have some women who have worked on this event since almost the beginning, one of them since the very beginning, that work with me as contractors. So our nice. creative director who does all of the design work literally has been with me since the very beginning. One of our event managers who essentially managed all the production and behind the scenes, she owns a, it was an event AV company. Now they do all live streaming. So we hire her company to do our live streaming and she does a lot of the planning. And then our event designer who did our in-person events is still working with us and she does event design and also just helps us when we're in bad moods. So we've maintained <laughs> the community as best we could. But That's right, great. when we planned in-person events, it was like a team of 12 and now we're like four and sometimes I can convince a couple of their the OGs to come and hang out at our meetings and I bribe them with food and snacks and then make them answer questions. So they're all local to you, obviously. Yes, but we've been meeting virtually. We are just now dipping our toe into what would it look like if we had socially distant co-working sessions? We'll see. It. We're trying to be really cautious because we love these people or I love these people. So we'll see how it goes. And, you know, I, I was checking out, I was checking out Swell, um, mm -hmm. which looks super swell and cool. And Thanks. it looks like it's for a, quite a variety of women. So it's like working women. Like, what yes. would you describe them? Because so, it's entrepreneurs and professionals, right? Correct. Yes. And that's always been our jam. Mm -hmm. I think I... Obviously, I have friends who are very entrepreneurial minded, but even the members of our planning team are not all entrepreneurs. Like one of the main women that works with us that edits basically everything that doesn't have typos in it. So if it does have typos in it, I didn't ask her to edit it. But if mm -hmm. it, you know, um, she is a full time job. She is the communications uh, executive, I think, at a bank, a big one. And so... That's always been what we're doing. So for Swell, we 
have people fill out an intake form and then we decide where they go. So it's not always like this is a group of entrepreneurs and this is a group of professionals. We look at other criteria too of what are they managing in their personal life? Like, do they have young kids? Do they have old kids that just moved away? Are they in a leadership position? Are they working solo? Like, what are the other things that we think are good to match people up? So we might have in a group some very entrepreneur, solo type people with people that just work really independently, even though they have a traditional employer. Because if you only hang out with entrepreneurs all day, every day, I will say probably you need someone to put your feet on the ground. And like vice versa, if all of of your friends are accountants, like maybe you need to spice it up a little bit with someone that has some big ideas. So that's kind of what we're trying to do, making sure we're still supporting you in like the goals you express to us in that intake. But we're going to we're not going to just sit you in a room with a bunch of people exactly like you. Right. Yeah, it's really about this curation process because the magic is in the they're small groups. They're six people. It's really this cohort that you're a part of and, and who those people are that's going to make your experience. Your yeah. experience. Your Shannon experience. I know. <laughs> I mean, I love that. Like, the other thing that I love doing is, like, well, two things. One is just, like, introducing people, right? Like, when I meet mm-hmm. someone awesome and I think they should meet someone else awesome, like, I'm going to, like, that gives me so much joy. And so the Swell program is really my way that I get to do that. And then I get to, like, sit in on the conversation between those awesome people I just introduced. Another thing I love doing is I'm just, like, a natural hype person. Like, when I meet you and I think there's something great about you, like, now I'm obsessed and I want to tell everyone I meet. And, again, this is my way of being able to do that, of saying – I've just learned this really interesting thing about you, something that you're working on and something that you're really great at. Like, I want to share that now with other people. So that's what I do. So you built a whole business to allow you to thrive in the things that you love. That's what we should all do. let me do whatever I want, whenever I want to. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I love it. Um, I, and also, so is it, it's under the Rebel brand. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the brand hierarchy actually this is not okay. a test i'm just very curious. i feel like it is i need <laughs> this my is notebook not a test. and well, okay. no this, this is actually really complicated stuff and i think a lot of people are don't know how to operate their brand versus their personal brand and how they interact and right. you have your own instagram handle and then there's the rebel con handle yeah. And now you've got this program is RebelCon selling the program swell or is yes. it re- ready to rebel? Like how does yes. it all work? So it was RebelCon, right? Because mm-hmm. that's how we started. That mm-hmm. was the first thing we did, RebelCon. And then we started adding things and we were not sure how the hierarchy should work. Like does this need to be a separate thing? Is right. it the same thing? Like do I have 10 accounts? Do I have one account? And I I really was unsure. So just at the beginning of this year, we switched it over to Ready to Rebel so that Rebel could be the parent of all the brands. So Rebel is the big brand. Swell is one of our programs. Our community is the other thing we offer. So the conference, again, is its kind of own thing, but everything falls under the umbrella, the Rebel umbrella. Love it. 
And actually, it was very seamless because rebel is the main word of rebelcon. So you could just kind of, you know, people are not paying that much attention. <laughs> it's no. more than just like, are they getting this vibe? You own rebel. You clearly own these colors, this white and teal. And then re- it seems like swell is your your um, program and rebelcon is your in-person events or your events. Yep. Either. Yeah. Yep. And then you can add other no more under that no if more. you want i can't if you just want to get no. you just come well we added idea. the podcast right and then that's like it's well, that another is, thing there you go and that's called rule breaker but same thing right it's rule breaker by rebel so we're still keeping rebel as the parent brand right right and what's the purpose of your podcast the purpose of the podcast is essentially it was kind of feeding this we can't have in-person things anymore so Mm -hmm. how do we still create that feeling and so there are interviews conversations between me and women that I think are cool and we're talking about whatever it is the rule that they broke right and I think my my philosophy I don't know if that's the right word to describe it is that literally to exist as a woman right now is some sort of act of rebellion. You're breaking some (laughs) sort of unspoken rule by like walking down the street, right? So we wanted to have the conversation with that like in mind of like, what is the thing that you're doing that someone somewhere thinks you shouldn't be doing? And that's the thing that's like cool and interesting about you. Mm, That made me, you remember, um, I read it a long time ago, Daring Greatly. I read it a couple of times actually, but a long time ago. Do you remember this section that, really stood out to me where she just listed all the things that women are supposed to be and they were all polar opposite you're supposed to you know I don't I'm gonna butcher it but like you're supposed to be super sexy but not slutty and not too sexy and you're supposed to be very demure and classy but also not a prude and it was like a page of it's exactly that and the other thing I it was a meme back in the day on Facebook but it was it was about motherhood and you don't want to be that perfect mom that's obsessed with what your kid eats and monitors all the screen time and brags about them to their friends and like it's like all these things about motherhood that you don't want to be but yet we're all trying to be that so it's like <laughs> you don't want to be this thing but yet you're still trying to and then you're mad that that's the thing that you're you have to try to be right it's the same thing of like a lot of the rules no one's telling me right they're things i absorb through society and through my experience but they still feel very real when i go out in the world and try to do things absolutely well i think any female listening myself included completely relates to that because that is the story we're being told these completely polar opposite and there's no we're all just trying to get it right (laughs) do do it correctly be good and it's like but there is actually no clear map if there was then we'd all just be, be relaxing we'd all just do that thing but it's not there are these contrasting messages i told my um i told my my i think it was my cousin recently I think we were talking about people getting Botox or, you know, whatever things that women get enhancements. And I was like, oh, I would never, I would never because those are not okay. But I was like, but don't get me wrong. I will do all the things to try to be naturally (laughs) 
be young and and vibrant and I'll you know I'll use all the creams because that's okay but the second you start injecting things not okay so I will I will never do those but I kind of had to tell her like don't get me wrong I'm not a, I'm not above all of the reasons they want to get those things I just that's the line that I've been told you cannot cross I wouldn't right? feel comfortable crossing um, yeah. but and my you know. thing is right like I'm not that into Botox I'm probably not going to get Botox but I will fight you if you try to tell me that another woman is wrong for doing it right like just because I don't want to do it absolutely doesn't mean that I will stand for your judgment of a person doing anything that they feel like doing absolutely (laughs) especially because there's a reason they're doing it and it's the same reason we're doing whatever it is that we're doing right they're trying to aspire to some ideal or do it right impossible so it's impossible Mm -hmm. it's impossible yes I feel like that's a big message I get from you, which is like, let it go, (laughs) leave it, relax, which is funny because you keep talking about (laughs) so not relaxed. I know that's why that's your message. Totally. I am putting out in the world what I need to hear for myself, right? Like I am this ambitious workaholic perfectionist that's like trying to achieve my way to happiness, which I logically know is impossible. So I see that in myself and I can see that in others too. Yeah. Well, I, I think everybody's business is just a reflection of whatever it is that they're most interested in and dealing with and their life, their life struggle just and purpose. working out our trauma. <laughs> it really is. I, oh, my gosh. I coach so many businesses and they're all the same. I can mm-hmm. usually get to the heart of, oh, that's why this is your yeah. business. Like I do have all this hospitality experience in my work life, but in my real life, right? Like my parents were divorced. I don't have like a huge extended family. I grew up as a ballet dancer, which meant like my friends were also my competition, right? I didn't have like really supportive, encouraging relationships that didn't come with something else, right? So when I became a grown up, I have lots of friends, I have lots of acquaintances, lots of people I know, but no one that was like my people, right? Mm -hmm. Like I didn't have like this core group of people that I could talk about when I have something amazing happen or vent about when something really awful is going on in my head or in real life. And so through Rebel, I started to build this without even knowing. Like, I wasn't like, I'm going to make myself a thing that's going to bring me lots of friends. Like, it was just something that organically was happening. Like, I'm working with these women. We share this mission. We share values. That's pretty much it. Everything else about us is totally different. And I formed this, like, group of seven of us that, like, we are that for other people. We're not necessarily the people like you got to talk to every day on the phone. Like we might go a couple of weeks without being in touch, but like if something goes down, like any of us would drop the thing for the rest. And I just didn't know what that was. I realized that some people have that. They're born into it or it's just part of their culture or whatever. That wasn't me. I really had to work on it. But once you have it, once you get the thing that you realize you didn't have, you want everyone else to have that too. And so that's, that's a where a beautiful it, way of saying it. It's true, right? Yes. Like grown-ups are not taught how to have friends. Like and if you don't belong to a church or another spiritual faith-based community or something that has that sense of belonging, like you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And I didn't. That's a beautiful uh 
story. It makes a lot of sense. And it's a great way of saying it because that's actually also like the arc that I, I also experience in a completely different space, <laughs> but the right. same kind of arc, the like, oh, this is what I'm struggling with. Okay. This is what I'm building my business. Okay. I finally like achieved it. You never kind of completely achieve it, but you know, I got a lot more of this thing and now I want to show other people how to get it. Except mine was more like breaking out and being myself un unequivocally without, without judgment because I had that core group of yeah. friends. It's so fun. I love analyzing people. I mean, that's why we're into marketing, <laughs> right? Cause we like mm -hmm. love to like figure out your psychology and like, why do, why do you do this thing that you do? Um, yeah. You know, I feel so strongly about the value that we deliver and the problem we're solving for people. And when I'm in conversations, especially like this with somebody that I feel comfortable with, like I can like rattle it off. But I do still struggle with how do I get people to see themselves in what we do? Because I'm not going up to people looking at them and be like, you're really lonely. I can tell you don't have friends. Right. Like, I'm not going to say that to people because that's also not true. Right. Like, there's plenty of people that come to our events that are missing and lacking something else, whether it's the inspiration or like, I didn't know that I could do something like this. And now I see myself in the story of this other person. And this is what I now feel like I can achieve. So that's the other piece that I hope that we can refine this year of like figuring out. What is it in our story and in our message and in what we're doing? Do people connect with the most so that we can more quickly, att not attract, but like connect with the people that are really meant to be part of our community? Well, I think you're already doing a really great job of that. And you're using the strategy that I also use, which is like kind of really just own what you're being. You're right. You're not going to go up to people and say you're lonely and you don't need to. You you create a warm and welcoming environment and people who are looking for that kind of community are going to gravitate to you just like you naturally built this community. It's not a coincidence. You didn't do it on purpose, but you gravitated every next step and every idea you gravitated towards because it was something that you wanted more of in your life. Yeah. More of. It doesn't even have to be that you don't have it. It just means like, this is something that I want more of. Totally. I want abundance of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, now I'm addicted. And now I'm like, I must continue <laughs> to like absorb the energy of inspiring people all day, every day. And I forget that like not everybody gets to do this, right? Like not everybody gets to have like really thoughtful, deep, like super personal conversations with other people like as their job. Yeah, the, the community thing, I'm still figuring out my way in the community thing. It's not my, it's not, I'm well, not Well, then it doesn't to have it. to be. It's not my thing. I like one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, I, I like deeper conversations. In fact, I used to throw lots of parties and events. And the, the last party we threw, we got this apartment that has a really great party layout, like really big outdoor space. And we threw this party. And then afterwards, I was like, I think that's the last time I want to do that because I didn't get to really talk to anybody. And I totally. saw lots of everybody that came in. I was like, oh, my God, you're here. I'm so excited. And then I had to turn around and say that to somebody else. And then I had to, like, deal with the food. So I was like, this sucks. Yeah. I just want to have brunch with two people. And we should. And so then we instituted a we're just going to have brunch every week with a different couple or different, you know, couple of people. That's what we want to do. That but totally makes weird. sense for you. No, it's yeah, not weird right? at all. That's literally why you made your business the way you made it. 
You're like, I just want to get like super intense with these two people for like this finite amount of time and And just like go all in on them. When it's done. (laughs) When it's done. I'm throwing this plate in the garbage. I'm not even washing it off for someone else. Like no more. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Come over. Let's party really hard. And then I need you to know when this party is over. Yeah. (laughs) Because I want to go to sleep. I support it a thousand percent. Yeah, I guess just know thyself. Maybe that should be the theme of Mm -hmm. this. And what about your, what about your personal, like you made the podcast by Rebel, but it's you. I struggle bus with this, Pia. I really do. I don't know. I don't want it to be me, but it is. (laughs) Um, No, I... I don't know. I think, why do I not want... Well, Rebel really wasn't just me, ever, you know? I feel like it's more me now because we had to get more lean and, like, it had to be more of me doing more things. It's always been this collaborative project and community effort, right? Like, even the first conference was, like, 12 of us planning it. Sure, but you are the host, Somebody has to be that person or two, you know. And Somebody has to be that person, yeah. Yeah, there's just going to be I think be the one. other thing is just my role really is the curator, right? It's the host and the curator. And so I don't want it to be just me because it's not the Shannon show. Shannon is the host of the show. But what gets me excited is more my opportunity to collect and curate all these amazing people. I know, I know, but you're, don't dim your light, okay? I'm trying not to. <laughs> I think... I, put, I did my eyebrows today, no, okay? No, no, like, no, that's no. all you're, I do. <laughs> I just mean, you know, despite your desire to to not make it the Shannon show, it's kind of like someone has to be a face mm-hmm. a little bit, even if it's not, you know, it's not the Shannon brand. Somebody's going to be that face, and it's easier to build that trust like I think even if you don't want it to be so like people like like they like the brand and they trust you they connect with you and you're the person on the videos saying hey you should come to our conference and you know if I don't like you I'm not coming to the conference (laughs) for sure you end up being that person yeah I mean and I'm happy to be right like I don't mind being the ambassador of the thing and right and I recognize that me building my personal brand supports the growth of Rebel, so I'm okay with that. Um, okay, uh, last thing. I want to understand, um, what does Shannon want in life? I, You know what? I just want to feel good this year. Like, I want to take good care of myself, but not in the, like, hashtag, like, optimal performance. Like, I'm not going for <laughs> optimal performance here, right? I'm going for, like slow down like drinking my coffee and taking a nap and like going for nice walks and like just like living my vibe that's really what I want like I feel like these are like low goals but like this year has been really stressful and honestly Mm. all the years before that too because I was like working so hard and pushing myself so hard like I'm finally at the point where it's like no I don't want to achieve some big crazy thing like I just want to be okay and feel okay a majority of the time. That's it. How are you going to do that? 
That's a great question. I mean, the one piece is I need my business to be running, right? Running in a super optimal way that requires little to no effort. (laughs) Not little to no effort, but like efforting, right? Like not the churning and like striving and like working really hard to make it work, right? Like I just Mm -hmm. want things to work. I want to have systems in place. I want them to work. I want to deliver good value to my people. And then that way, when I'm not doing that, I can do these other things, which is walking and chilling and drinking coffee. Like, right? It's not rocket science. I'm I'm with you. (laughs) I've been trying to change that for years. I know. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I hit... I hit things I wanted in my business years ago, and ever since then, my goal has been okay. Now just keep doing that, but with ease and grace. Those yeah. have been my those have been my goal words for every year. Ease and grace. How's it going? And it's getting much better because yeah. I'm I'm um, I I mean oh gosh, I am night and day from me, even just five years ago yeah. in terms of the stress level or the for sure. I don't know. What is this? Strive a manic manic pressure. Yeah, the manicness of this needs to happen. And mm-hmm. um and you know, that was mostly it wasn't changing what we were doing. It was chain it was like accepting and changing how I felt about it and whether or not I would give myself permission to because you cannot be working and you can be thinking about it and all we often do. Right. Long. All day long. So you're not mm-hmm. really off. Mm-mm. So you don't really ever get that off time. So the kid helped. The kid helped yeah, because I putting really things in perspective. Putting this in perspective and also like giving me a clear boundaried time where I couldn't where yeah. even though it comes into my head, I'm like, this is my time to be with you, so I don't want to think about that. Right. Yeah. So it's a little shock. I've started like giving myself like productivity points for that brain mm. time. Yes. Because I think what was happening was like, I'm spending a lot of time in strategy, right? Because we had to literally completely redesign the model of the business. Sure. So I'm spending all this time in strategy, which means I'm like thinking about stuff. But then if I don't like create a lot of output, like meaning like keyboard time, I'm feeling like I'm not doing anything. And I had to reframe that to be like, no, like I'm actually doing a lot of work right now. It's just not looking like output because we're not in the output stage right now. So Mm -hmm. that was a good shift for me literally in the past like three months. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Defining what it looks like to have achieved something in a meeting. Mm -hmm. And I get so frustrated when Steve and I are doing strategy and we don't have an answer at the end. And right. That sucks. But he has he is he doesn't care. (laughs) So he is the voice of reason that reminds me that, no, this is the work that we are doing to get to that answer. And we did great work today. And he always has to now he like is very clear about saying that at the end. He's like, just because we didn't answer the question doesn't mean we didn't have to do all of this work. Right. It's hard to accept, but very It's helpful. hard because we're used to things being really efficient. And like if I have an hour mm-hmm. to do this, I'm going to do it in an hour, even if it's a project that should take three hours. Right. But should. that's not fair. Like who says how right. long it should take? I made that up. Right. Ever. That's actually a habit that I have gotten better at and changed that has given Good. me more space. Because if you give yourself an arbitrary deadline for something, 
that is kind of impossible to meet, you are just asking to be stressed out and manic about this thing. And if you just say, oh, I'm going to give myself way too much time instead, which is what I do with my clients because I don't ever want to be behind when I'm working with them. It's right. so it's breezy. Yeah, breezy. See, all these things we have to retrain ourselves. Yes. And hopefully just it. teach our children that so they don't have to relearn these later. Someone told <laughs> me when my, my kids were really little, which I like think is so smart. She was like, Shannon, because I was like so stressed out about like something that I was like doing to my kid that would be bad in the end. She's like, all the things you think you're doing wrong they're not even going to care about something that you think you're doing right is what they're going to be in therapy about. I'm like, Oh, oh yeah, no. you're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I, I try to approach it as, um, you can't really teach them or do, or like make them know or do anything right. They're going to learn most from your example. So my yep. motivation for, you know, trying to achieve this ease and grace is like, I keep thinking of like, what would I think if Axel was acting this manic way about this, this uh, um, arbitrary deadline mm -hmm. for this arbitrary project that he wants to do? I'd be like, hey, this is all your choice. Like, you don't have to. It's relaxed. You can at your own time. And I try to speak to myself like that for his benefit, because I think he'll see that and that will be what he learns so it's motivating for me to do it for myself for that reason. You know that's a self-coaching technique that you're doing there. Very smart. The that kid. you use a, an oh, external person as your accountability in that like you're not going to do it necessarily for yourself because you may or may not think you deserve to have ease and grace. But for this other person that you like love and cherish, you'll absolutely want to cultivate yes. that for them to see your example. That's... We talk about that in our that. swell group all you the time. You do. Okay, I love that. Um, cool, Shannon. Well, it was wonderful catching up with you. Always. I'm gonna, I'm gonna link. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out. I have to look, but um, but yeah. definitely link to that in the show notes because I would love to share that. There are definitely people listening out there who should be a part of the swell rebel community. Um, I mean, I, we're cool. You're very cool and you're very <laughs> caring and welcoming. I try. It has been so awesome to watch your stuff. So thank you for this. Thanks. Great talking to you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. To learn more about Rebel's events and their mastermind program, Swell, go to readytorebel.com. And you should definitely tune in to Shannon's podcast, Rule Breaker. Also, you have to take Shannon's quiz to find out what type of rule breaker you are. I just took mine and I was told that I was a revolutionary. And then I was given all sorts of goodies like reading recommendations based on my personality. It's fun. Go do it. Readytorebel.com backslash quiz. Also, if you know other entrepreneurs who struggle to put their business in its place and could benefit from hanging out with us, please share this podcast with them. Hard work can only take you so far. It is how you show up every day in your business that really makes the difference. And to make sure that you don't miss an episode of Show Your Business Who's Boss, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast player. I really loved what Shannon said about how we use our business to solve our childhood traumas. 
And that how once you've kind of accomplished that and accomplished what you set out to heal, the next logical step is to teach others how to do it. That has definitely been my experience as well. In fact, I built my whole business, Worst of All Design, to help me truly embrace my own vision for myself and my life. And now that I designed a business that helps me break free of just doing things the way they're supposed to be done in ways that really didn't jive with me and what I wanted, now I want to teach that to others. If you want to know more about what that means, I'll be emailing my list very soon about it. So get on it by grabbing the crash course at piasilva.com. Working with me can always be a great next step to showing your business who's boss. Show Your Business Who's Boss is produced by Yellow House Media. Production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Production assistance by Kristen Runvik. Our theme music is Glass Prisms by Western Runners. 